This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. And so-and-so got this. Well, you got what you want. Yeah, so-and-so got this. And he's not being unappreciative. Just, you know, we get into that thing where, how many of you know, somebody's always going to get something different than you. And you're going, oh, man, why did I think of that? I could have, why didn't I think of that? So somebody's going to always get something different. And even as adults, a lot of times, you know, well, man, I, I can't get my kids this. I don't have the money to do this. Somebody else's parents, they're doing this. And, and I just don't have the money to do that. And then so we kind of start, begin to start robbing us of our joy of what it's all about. And I'm not, and, and I'm not a Scrooge. I don't think there's nothing wrong with giving presents. I don't have a problem with you putting up a Christmas tree. I don't have a problem with you singing, baby, it's cold outside. I mean, <laughs> but when we, when we begin to, when we begin to compare and, and then get sad by what we can't do or what we can't have, it just robs us of the, 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 the joy and, and enjoying the season. So I want us to look at a couple of things uh, in the next couple of weeks. But in Luke, the second chapter, and beginning with verse 17, of course, you know, Luke, now, now, now Luke, how many of you know Luke was not one of the 12? He was not one of the, the 12 disciples. He was not one of the 12 apostles. Luke, although he's got a whole gospel, you know, after his name, Luke was kind of an onlooker. He, he, he traveled with Jesus and the disciples. He was an eyewitness of things that happened. But Luke was a doctor. And being a doctor, he, you know, he was a very educated person. But probably, you know, like you know, a lot of doctors, very analytical when it came to things, probably looked at things, investigated things real closely, I mean, wrote really accurate reports, I mean, because that's what doctors do, right? They're, they're trained that way. And so that's the way Luke was. And so Luke has the, the gospel according to Luke, the good news according to Luke, is what Luke observed in the three and a half years that he traveled with Jesus and the disciples. So he gives us the most thorough account of the birth of Jesus, which he would because that's how, what a doctor would do, Right. They would give us a more thorough account of things. And so Luke, being a doctor, he, you know, he, and if you're going to read the Christmas story to your kids, you always go to Luke chapter 2 because that's where it's really, it's really just, I mean, it broadens out, right? Yeah. And so in Luke chapter 2, verse 17, it says, uh, when, when they had seen him, because, you know, the, the, the shepherds, they came and, and they followed the star and they, they came to where the place where Jesus was, and it says, and when they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And so I want to just four things from this this verse of scripture. And then over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about these four things. So the first thing that it is, they said they told others, they told others, right? They told others when, when they saw him, they told others, 
about him, right? So they, they told him, and it says this, and they were amazed. They were amazed. And so my question is, and we'll look at this next week, can you and I still be amazed? When it comes to the true meaning of the Christmas story, can we still be amazed? I remember, you remember the first day that you met Jesus, right? And how amazed you were. Can, can we still be amazed at his grace? Can we still be amazed at his goodness? Can we still be amazed at what he has done and what he will do? Can we still be amazed? So it says they were amazed. And then it says that, that Mary, she pondered these things in her heart. In, in her heart. She, she, she heard about it and she pondered them in her heart. She thought about these things. How many of you know what, what you think on and what you ponder is really going to determine the level of joy and peace you have in your life? Would you agree with that? You think on the wrong things, well, you ponder on the wrong things, well, it's not going to be peace in your life. It's going to be turmoil and worry in your life and, you know, what we can't do and what we don't have. And then it says, and then they, they gave praise to God. And so over the next three weeks, I want us to look at all these things. But this morning, I, I, want, to, I want to just talk to you about this because the, if, if we really want to enjoy Christmas, if we really want the joy of Christmas in our life, the first thing that we must do is we must tell others. We must tell others. We must tell others about it. How many of you know we, there's this, this great scripture back in the, the Old Testament, and, and part of the scripture goes like this, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many of you like that scripture? But did you know that what's attached to that scripture? What's attached to that scripture is when you give your bread to the hungry. And of course, he's not just talking about physical bread. He's talking about the bread of life. When you give your bread to the hungry, then the joy of the Lord will be your strength. So if we want to enjoy Christmas, if we want to have a joyful Christmas, it is so necessary that we tell others. It's so necessary that we announce the Savior to other people. Amen. We must tell others. As a matter of fact, I want you to notice this, that over and over again, the angels of God would, would announce something about Jesus. They would announce over and over again something about Jesus. So, uh, you know, his birth was announced by an angel. I mean, it, his, I mean uh, now, uh, I mean, a real live angel. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, like, like a real angel. that was around the throne of God, came and announced the birth of the Savior. In Luke chapter 2, it says this in verse 8, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. People say, oh, I want to see an angel. I don't know if you really do or not. You know, most of the time when angels showed up, the first two words they said was, fear not. I know there's been times I'll be at home in, in, in my, my, my home study and, and I'd be in there just, just praying and, and, and worshiping God, have my eyes closed, and, and then, then all of a sudden the atmosphere in, in the room kind of changes. And uh, so I got my eyes closed and, and, you know, I don't know how I know, I just know that, you know, I'm not the only one in here. And I don't mean like, I don't mean like Tammy or the kids walked in. I know I'm not the only one in here. 
I'm not by myself. And, uh, and so say, I wonder if there's an angel in here. So, you know, just the witness in my heart, you know, there's an angel in here. And uh, I'm scared to open my eyes. <laughs> Why? Because uh, you know, God, God is, is powerful. Angels are powerful, powerful beings. They're not little, they're not little chubby infant <laughs> fat babies with wings, right? That, that are floating around the cloud. They're, they're massive, strong, majestic beings. And some of them got eyes all the way around their head. And they got all these wings, and when they, and when they flap their wings, it's like the, the sound of many waters. And, you know, if you read Revelation, which we're reading now, so if you want to join us, we'll be in Revelation chapter 8 tomorrow, right? So if you want to read with us. And so they're, they're just massive creatures. So I'm in my office and got my eyes closed. Oh, somebody else is in here. And then I, I, I like <laughs> squint my eyes and barely open. Why? Because I, I kind of want to see. But I don't want to see why, because the spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak, right? And so anyway, these angels appeared, and suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And what, what, what? They, oh, it's an angel. No, what? They were terrified. They were terrified. And, uh. But the, the angel reassured them. He said, don't be afraid. Why? Because they were. They were afraid. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. You see, the good news always brings joy. Amen. It brings joy to the one who hears it, and it brings joy to the one who tells it. You cannot speak of God's goodness and not receive joy. Amen. We're talking about how to enjoy Christmas. Okay. He said he brings great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So the angel announced the birth of Jesus. He announced the birth of Jesus. You know, uh, the, the resurrection of Jesus was also announced by an angel. Of course, he had been telling them all along, hey, you know, tear this temple down three days, I'm going to rebuild it. They didn't know what in the world he's talking about. But the angel announced his resurrection in Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 and 6, when they, they, you know, they came to the tomb, and, and there's an angel there, and the angel said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. So we see that, again, the, the angel is announcing the resurrection of Jesus. Well, the angels also announced the, the second coming of Jesus. You know, uh, I don't know if this is in your notes, but in, in Acts, the first chapter, you know, they were standing there that the Jesus had, he had already been crucified. He had already been raised from the dead. And, he, and for, for a while, he would, he would just kind of randomly appear to his disciples. Sometimes they would be in a room and he would just appear right there in front of them. I mean, how'd you get there? Well, I just, just got here. And he would just appear. And so, uh, 
So the, the disciples are there, and, and Jesus has given them some words. You know, you're going to receive power uh, when the Holy Spirit has come up on you, and you're going to be my witnesses. So he's doing that. And then all of a sudden, he's just received up into a cloud. He just goes up into a cloud. And they, they're, they're amazed, and they're marveling. And, and, and the angel spoke to him. He said, he said why, are you, why are you looking up like that? Why are you looking up? He said, this Jesus that, you see, that you've seen go up, He's going to come back in the like manner. He's coming back just like he, just like he went away. He's coming back the same way. How many of you know he's coming back on the clouds? Right? He's coming back. And so the angel really prophesied that Jesus is coming back. When Revelation chapter, uh, in, in, in the book of in Revelation, it says this. Well, in first, I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians, Jesus himself announced his second coming. Now, this is yet to happen, but it's going to happen in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, for the Lord himself. So we see angels are, are, are announcing things about him. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. Yeah. Well, what's that going to sound like? I don't know, but we're going to hear it. Yeah. I guarantee you we're going to hear it. He said, with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel. And with the trumpet call of God. So Jesus and an angel is going to announce his coming back to the earth. Amen. With the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage one another with these words. So. So what am I saying is that Jesus is worth announcing. I mean, the, the angels announced many aspects of Jesus' life, many big parts of his life. The angels of God announced. They announced his birth. They announced the fact that he had, been, he had been raised from the dead. They announced the fact that he would come again. They were with him when he announced that I am coming again, which we are yet to see that. But I tell you, one of these days, we're going we're, we're to hear, he said, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. He's coming back with a shout, y'all. He's coming and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. We going to hear it. Yes, right? Everybody's going to hear it. Yes. It's going to be, now I'm not talking about the rapture. I'm talking about the second coming when he comes and, and he, he plants his feet on terra firma, right? And I mean, and the, and, the, and the mountain is split in half and part of it goes into the sea. Jesus is coming back. Yes, it's a fact. Yes. It's a fact he's come back and said, when the rapture going to take place? I have no idea. Is it going to be trip, be pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? I don't know. I tell you what, it's going to happen when it happens. But Jesus is coming back to the earth. It's been announced. Right? It's been announced. Well, you know, you and I are to take part in this announcement. We, we, we're supposed to be announcing some things. Hey, do y'all believe that? We, we are supposed to be announcing. We're not supposed to keep silent. We're not supposed to be quiet. You know, I was, when, I, when I first got out of Bible school, I was, I was working at, it's called the Medical Arts Center back then. It's at Baptist Hospital, and they had these doctor's offices, so I'd valet park cars. And uh, 
So I, I had this, I had this one boss. There's probably about five of us that work today there. And this one boss, his name's Roger. Uh, he was, he was a character. Let me just say it. He, Roger was a character and, you know, he was kind of a sh- shorter guy and big, long beard and had a, had a mouth on him and knew just enough of the word to be dangerous. <laughs> and so, you know, I was, man, I was gung-ho, fired up for God and I'd, I'd witness to him. I'd talk to him about the Lord and, and finally he got irritated with me one day saying something about Jesus and, and, uh, he said, Chuck, don't you know that the Bible says that you're to put your light under a bushel? <laughs> I said, no, I didn't know that. Well, you see, the world wants you to put your light under a basket. The world doesn't want you to open your mouth. As a matter of fact, you see this, that, and people mock it now, you know, the, the, the yearly war on Christmas that... But it's true. And it's not just a, a war on the holiday. It's a war on Christ. It's, it, and it's called the spirit of antichrist. People who are against Christ, against God. I mean, banning candy canes because they're in the form of a J. It stands for Jesus. Now, if y'all like me, I'm thinking when stuff like that happens is that you've got you've to really have a darkened mind yeah. and be deluded and absolutely have no life, none. You need a cause, <laughs> right? You need, you need something worthwhile. To invest your life into instead of trying to ban candy canes. <laughs> but you see, the world doesn't want you and I to talk. They don't want you to announce. And so, you know, they, 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 they try to compress us and squeeze us. And you can do that inside the four walls of the church, but don't bring it on the outside of the four walls of the church. But you can, we got to decide, all right, who are we going to listen to? Who are we going to obey Whose directions will we follow? Will we follow the directions and, you know, the media and, and, and every, all the other unbelievers and just keep our mouth shut and be just good little Christians? Or will we announce the Savior? Will we speak of Him? Well, we have instructions. As a matter of fact, in, in, in Mark chapter 16, what did Jesus say? What's the first word he said? Mark 16, 15. Y'all help me out. Let me help you out. <laughs> go. <laughs> Everybody say go. go. He said, go into all the world and preach what? The good news. The preach means to proclaim, to announce the good news. Now, you got to make sure that what you're saying is good news. You got to make sure you, what you're saying is good news. God is good, right? And, and we have some good news to share. So go into all the world and, and preach, proclaim, announce the good news. You say, well, that kind of sounds intimidating. Okay. Well, then let's look at it. In Matthew 28, he says something else. He says, go and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them. Well, how many of you know teaching 
them teaching the, all the nations, it's going to involve you and I saying something. You see, we've kind of been, we've kind of been uh, seduced into this idea that we're to be seen and not heard. And I believe that we should be seen, but we should be seen and heard. And it's what people see that will really give you influence to be heard. Amen. So he says, go, make, make disciples. And then in Luke chapter 14, verse 23, Luke chapter 14, verse 23, this is the story of, you remember the, the king who prepared this great feast, and Jesus is telling this story about a king who prepared a great feast. And he, I mean, it was, it was a big one, and it was for many, many people. And there were some invited, and one said, well, I can't come because, you know, I just married a wife. Well, you know, that, that could be a hindrance for a lot of people, even today. Marrying a wife or marrying a husband, it could be a hindrance. If it ain't the right one. Right? And so this, this one said, well, I, I, I can't come. I, I just married somebody. All right? What's that got to do with it? Okay. Y'all not going to eat? What? What is it? And so another, another guy said, well, you know what? I just, I just bought some land. I got to go see it. Well, why would you buy land without looking at it first? And then another said, well, I just bought, I just bought some oxen. I got to go test them out. Oh, well, you ought to test them out before you buy them. And so they had all the excuses. But then notice what Jesus said in, in Luke 14, 23. So his master said, go. Everybody say go. 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 All the, uh, our, our announcing involves going. Go and preach the gospel. Go and make disciples. Go into the, high, the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. How many of you believe that's important with God? That he wants his house full? He, you know, it's, he, he wants it full. But what's it going to take? It's going to take us announcing. It's going to take us going. Would you say amen? So, you know, I, we, we got the greatest testimony this past week. And, man, it just, it, for Tammy and I both, it just, it just really did our hearts good. And so we asked permission to share this. I'm not going to mention the names, and I'll, use, I'll leave some of the details out. But I, I just want, I want you to hear this because it goes right to the heart of what we're talking about. And we're talking about how to enjoy Christmas. One of, the greatest ways, one of the greatest things that we can do to enjoy Christmas is we can tell others. Yes. Tell others. And you don't, have to be, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have, uh, you know, the exact scripture and verse for everything. Just need to tell others. So anyway, uh, this young lady said, she said, I, I was born and she, she stayed a certain uh, denominational religion. And she said, I was born, you know, and, and, and raised in this certain denomination. And I never really felt like I was part of the church. And when I moved to Jackson, I'd stopped going altogether. I tried getting into a few other, you know, uh, denominational churches to see if I liked, liked it. And to, some, to my surprise, I did. But none of the churches I went to ever felt right. Through my relationship with my fiance, I met someone. This woman showed me kindness when she didn't have to. She loved me when she didn't have to. 
I learned a little about her journey, but what surprised me most was her relationship with God. I thought, wow, I wish I had that. She kept telling me about her church, but never pressured me to go. Then another one of her friends started going, and she told me the same things. I decided to open myself up and go. It was everything and more. Every time I walk through the doors, I feel like I finally made it home. I'm learning the Bible for once in my life. I'm not just hearing, I'm listening. I chose to finally receive Christ as Lord and Savior. That's awesome, isn't it? This has been one of the best decisions I've made for my life. Thank you for... Thank you, Relate Church, for calling me home. Well, that's awesome, but you know, you know what? Thank you to all the dream team for making it a place where people are comfortable and they do feel like at home. And what about those two friends who were announcing, who were proclaiming? Amen. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And, they, you know, they're not, they weren't like, preaching hellfire and, and brimstone. You know what they were doing? They were telling their story. You know, the, 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 the greatest tool you have to announce Christ to someone else is simply what has he done for you? What has he done for you? What was your life like before? What, I mean, uh, how did he find you? How did he save you? See, these are the components of your story. What, what were you like before? How did he find you? And what difference has he made in your life since? And when you begin to tell that, you begin to announce that. I tell you what, people, they might not just, the, the, the harvest might not just come off the vine just immediately, but it, it plants a seed down on the inside of them. And, and hey, and these two, these two girls who were doing the announcement, man, they're just full of joy. Why? Because telling others will cause you to enjoy not just on this, in this season, but in all seasons of life. It's important. One of, the greatest, the, one of the greatest avenues to joy that you and I have is to tell others about him. Amen. To tell others about him. Whenever I tell my story right here, man, it just, and I see people come to Christ, man, it just, it just man, it lifts me. It gives me joy. Why? Because somebody's come out of darkness into light. Right? And so, well, what do we need to do? We need to, we need to go and tell. We need to go and tell. And, and just, you say, well, I don't, yeah, that's still just a little bit intimidating for me to go and tell somebody and, and or just go tell your story. But Pastor Chuck, that's still just a little intimidating for me to just start up a conversation. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. But you can begin to drop little hints. So we need to go and tell. Or, or like he says right here in Luke 14, we need to go and compel. Right? right? And compel what? Compel them to compel them to come in. Right? Compel them to come in. And so you may not, it might be a little bit intimidating for you to go and tell. But man, anybody can ask. Anybody can be a bringer. Amen? Amen? Anybody can be a bringer. And so, man, this will do so much joy. So we're talking about this Christmas season, but this goes for every season of our life. This goes for every season of our life. It, to, to maintain joy, to live a life that's overflowing with joy, what do we do? We tell others about him. Amen. We tell others. 
what's he done in my life? You begin to plant the seed. You begin to plant the thoughts, right? Because you know what? We've all been in the same boat. I, I, I'm convinced of this. And you see, you don't even have to try that hard. I'm convinced of this. People that don't have Christ are miserable. They, they, may, they may put on the makeup. They may put on the front. But if they don't have Christ, they're miserable on the inside. The, the Bible says there's no peace. They don't have any peace. They're, they're broken on the inside. They're empty on the inside. So it's not, like, it's not like you have to convince. You just begin to tell them how, you know, how that brokenness was healed in your life, how that emptiness was filled in your life, what difference Jesus has made in your life. You go and tell. And what's going to happen? Well, nothing happens. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen in you, right? Something's going to happen. Yeah, I'm amazed. People say, well, I just haven't felt the presence of God. Well, have you needed to? Because the presence of God is just not for you to feel. The presence of God is, I mean, it's, it, it comes as, we're, as we go. He goes with us, right? And he manifests himself and he supplies power to our life and and he said, I'll give you power so you can be a witness for me. Everybody say, tell others. Tell others. Tell others. And this is how we enjoy Christmas. Amen. Amen. We just be, we, let, let's, take, let's take away, I mean, nothing wrong with all the peripherals. But when we get to the core, it's about announcing the Savior. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we magnify you. We give you praise. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he did come. We thank you that he was born. We thank you that he died and he was raised from the dead and that he's coming again. And until then, Lord, we, we labor. Until then, we go. Until then, we proclaim his goodness. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Lord, if there's anyone here under the sound of my voice who's never come into a relationship with Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would speak to their hearts right now. Draw them to yourself. No one can come to you unless you draw them. So we ask that you would draw them to yourself right now. In the name of Jesus. Let them know that the brokenness can be healed. Let them know that the pain can be healed. Let them know that they can experience the life that is truly life. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in here this morning and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, today's your day. Today's your day. And let me just ask you a quick question. If you were to walk out of this place this morning and suddenly you just, you were done. Your, your earthly life was over. You died and went into eternity, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? And I know we would all just like to think we're going to heaven because the alternative is not that great. And you say, well, Pastor Chuck, I, I believe that I'm going to go to heaven. And so I would ask you, you know, why, why, would, why do you believe that you're going to go to heaven? You say, well, I just believe it. But just believing something with no foundation for your faith is not going to get you to heaven. You may say, well, Pastor Chuck, I've been a good person. 
You know, I've tried my best. I try to help people when I can. I do good deeds. And those things are awesome, but nowhere in the Word of God does it say that you can get to heaven if you do enough good, if you try your best, if you improve your life. It doesn't say that you can go to heaven. As a matter of fact, it says that we're saved by grace through faith, not of our good works. You say, well, Pastor Chuck, I'll go to church. I'm, certainly, I'll go to heaven. I'm a church member. That's awesome. But nowhere in the Word of God does it say that you're going to go to heaven because you go to church. If you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to do it His way. Jesus, who is God, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus said you must be born again. You must be born again. What does that mean? It means that you surrender your whole heart, your whole life, and you confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. And when you do that, you'll be washed in his blood, cleansed by his blood, and made brand new. So if you're in here and you've never done that, I'm count to three. I just want you to lift your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front or stand, but right there in your seat, we'll pray for you. Here we go. One, two, three, right now. Any one of you say, I want to give Jesus my whole heart and my whole life. I'm looking across the room. All right, everybody's saved. Well, that's good. Glad everybody's saved. Now what are we going to do? We're going to go tell. We're going to go tell. Amen? Amen. How, how, are y'all gonna main, how are we going to maintain the joy in our life? We're going to tell. We're going to tell the joy of the Lord as a strength. So we need the joy. How's the joy come? By telling. By telling. Amen. God bless you. Love you so much. See you next week.